everybody. Welcome to the Five Hustle Podcast. We're talking about being an entrepreneur, multiple ways to make money for your family. I'm your host, Priest Gordon. I'm a retired engineer and a full-time day trader. I started a company called Linwood Holdings, where I buy properties in Colorado and in Texas. Today's show is going to be kind of fun. I did something like this on my Instagram before, but I kind of want to dig into it a little bit. We're going to talk about how to retire in three years. So you know, dig in for this. It's going to be some fun. We're going to dig into a little bit of all the details and really dig into more than a three-minute video that I did on Instagram. So... First off, most of the time, people who, a lot of these people right now are tired of going to their job every day. People are tired of just the, the nine-to-five hustle and dealing with bosses and, and jobs they don't like just to pay their bills. So the key is to show people how you can transition from a nine-to-five to being free in three years. And people think it's crazy, but it's really not. So first thing you have to identify is how much do you need to make every month to be free? And what that means is let's say if your expenses come out to be, let's say, $5,000 a month, right? That means that technically, let's say your, your paychecks from the whole month are $5,000. That means you need to get five grand from another source to replace your job, right? Now, technically, because of health insurance and things of the nature, you're going to need more than that. You know what I mean? But let's say the average person, I think, is using about $3,500 a month. So if you shot for about six grand a month, that usually will cover you as far as all of your expenses, some extra savings on top of that, and then as well maybe some health insurance costs if you use some different type of avenues going from there. So how do you get five to six grand a month from on the side of your job? Okay, so a couple things you need to do. First thing you need to do, you need to find some way to make $10,000, some way to do that. Now, that can usually be broken down by making um, $250 a week every weekend and do that by month. So that means for a month you're making $1,000 a month. By 10 months, you're going to make 10 grand from there. You can do this by, let's say, if you're a barber, let's say that's mean you're charging $20 a haircut, that is going to be, uh, what, what, 10 haircuts, 15 haircuts that month? Let's say if you're doing hair, I mean, th- anything you can do, whether you're doing garage sale shopping, you're doing Uber, whatever it is, if you can make an extra $250 a week, that's going to equate to being $1,000 a month that you can make. And in 10 months, that's going to come out to be $10,000. And that's not adding any kind of income tax returns or things you're getting from there, anything like that going on. So while you're stacking this ten grand, you also want to be sitting back and working on your credit on the same time. Now, there's many ways to buy houses and things of this nature without using your credit, but having your credit on point opens the door to a lot more opportunities. So let's say you're sitting back and you want to get your credit report. First, bring up Credit Karma. It's a free app on your phone you can use. And what Credit Karma will do is it will teach you, kind of give you a roundabout credit score, which you have. It's not going to be exact, but it gets you in the ballpark. Then you go in there and start seeing, okay, what kind of um, credit cards you have, any kind of late bills you have, and go from there. And what you want to do is just clean that up. You want to sit back and get all of these late bills off of there, consolidate them, pay everything off you can. You want to sit back, get all the um, inquiries taken off your reports, all of the lates. I mean, you just get your whole credit cleaned up. Now, you can sit back and pay so many services out here to help you do that. But the main concept behind this is just paying all the bills you have on there, um, getting the old stuff taken off of there, and then getting you some type of credit that you take care of. And that could be a security credit card or things of that nature as well. But what you want is you want your credit store to get really above 700 Most of the lenders out here are doing 650 and above. But if you get above 700 that's going to open the door to a whole bunch of really nice things. So the first thing you're sitting back doing is you're stacking up 10K, and that's either by working a second job, by doing some kind of hobby on the weekends, cutting hair, garage sale shopping. I mean, anything you can do to get an extra 10 grand put together. 
and do not spend that. You put that whole 10 up, you put it in the bank, set the deposit box, whatever you have to do, because that's going to be your blood money to really get in this business. So you stack up 10 grand. While you're doing that, you're getting your credit together. So at the end of this process, you should have $10,000 and a credit score above 700. Okay, so now what you want to do is you want to go to a website called PropStream. Now, what that is, is it allows you to get all types of real estate information about various properties and everything else going from there. Yeah, I mean, that's what you're looking at. So use PropStream. It is going to be $97 a month. You normally can get um, the first month free if you use some of these prom promo codes that have things going from that nature. But you want to sit back and get you some PropStream. That way you can use this to search any property. If someone gives you an address, that's all you need. You can bring up who owns it, when they bought it, how much they bought it for, how much it rent for in that area, what all the comps are around it, the neighbor's properties. I mean, that thing is is the one-all one -all stop for, for real estate stuff. And I use it. I mean, you also can use Zillow and things to cross-reference some of the prices. But PropStream is a very strong tool. That's what I use myself. So you pay the $97 a month. You get the PropStream. Now what you want to do is look at the area that you're in. Because you're starting off with really no money. You got the ten grand, but you can't use that. And you're going to work every day, right? So you use PropStream. And what you want to do is you want to get into a search filter. You want to type in, let's say I'm in Denver. Denver will be a crazy place, but let's say you pick Oklahoma City. Type in Oklahoma City. It's going to be a section that says filter to the right of that. Once you click filter, it'll be so many different categories you can filter for. Characteristics of the house, ownership, things of this nature. So what I like to do is you click on the ownership tab, and you can select what type of property owners are available for these homes. So I like to go to individual owners. A lot of properties are going to be owned by LLCs, things of this nature, but I want to go to the individual owners. That way I know the person's name who I can talk to. So you search for individual owners. Then you're going to go to, I think it's an ownership tab, things of this nature, where you're searching for pretty much you want to find all of the properties who are held by people who have more than 10 properties. They have them all free and clear, and then they've held them for more than 10 years. And that's what you want to look for, and they're individual owners. That's going to bring you a list of some seasoned landlords who have been in the game for a long time. All their properties are free and clear. The reason you want free and clear is because it's going to open up some financing opportunities a little bit later. But this list gives you a group of people who are all, I mean, they're all well off. It's, they own at least 10 properties, all free and clear. You think about how much value that is. Most of these people are all millionaires when you look at the, the property values that you're going on in the country right now. So what you want to do is you get this entire list of people. You take this list, and then you want to do a, um, a, a skip trace on there. Now, you can use PropStream's own skip trace they have built in their system. You can use um, Batch. I think Batch has skip tracing. There's so many different companies out here. And in the end, truthfully, a lot of them, even though people say Batch is so great, sometimes – with the data I've been getting, I've been getting my 50% return rate on the actual good numbers. And my VA calls, and we track all of them going from there. So really, it doesn't matter who you use. Let's expect to get 50% good numbers, 50% bad numbers. But long as you have those addresses, that's what you really want. So you'll have this address of, let's say, one particular list I have is 220 owners, right? So what I want to do is I want to reach out to these owners every single month and simply ask them, do they have any properties that they're willing to sell? And I'm going to present myself as who I am. I'm pre-scored. I'm going to come called Linwood Holdings. I buy properties here in Texas. And I'm looking to acquire some cash flowing rentals to keep from my own portfolio. Would you be interested in selling any of your properties? And if so, please give me a call. I'm definitely willing to pay market value as long as the terms are right. 
reason I say it in that particular way is because most of the landlords, they're investors, so they're not trying to lose money. And that means you may have to pay regular market price for these homes. But when I say if the terms are right, what that means is I'm looking to do seller financing. So all these properties being free and clear, that means they don't owe the bank any money. So they are the bank. So as long as one of them decides to do a deal with me, and I'm currently doing, I'm doing three houses right now in the same type of concept. But as long as they want to do a deal with me and they really want to do it, I can negotiate seller financing on a number of properties from them. And I can sit back and say, okay, listen, I have, I can give you five grand up front. I can pay for closing costs and then you can go from there. So what you, there's so many different ways to finance these deals, but that's the main gist of it is that you want to sit back, find these owners, and every single month you want to be sending them a letter in the mail, a card, or something to let them know you want to buy their property. Now, what I personally do is the first one I did was <clears throat> it was a letter, and I got brochures made. So it was a letter, a brochure, and my business card. And I had my branded envelopes and everything else going from there. And the, the brochure has pictures of me and my family, kind of my background, who I am, where I'm from. That way they can understand who I am. And the reason you do this is because the, the group that you're advertising to are going to be your baby boomers. They're going to be your grandparents' age. They're going to be from anywhere from 55 to 60 and above. So this particular demographic, they want to know that you're a real person, that you're not some scumbag out here trying to take advantage of them and also take advantage of their properties because the people who've been living in their homes are almost like family to them. So your whole concept is I want to take these rentals and take care of them and keep them because in the end, what we're looking to do is retire in three years and we need the income. We're not trying to flip it and just make a bunch of money off of it because in the end, that money's not sustainable. That's a transactional deal. We want this passive income that keeps flowing to us. So the best way to do that is simply to buy somebody else's passive income that they've already proven. So I use this list and what I do is the first time I sent them an introductory letter with a brochure and a business card, they get that. And now what I do is that I call them two weeks after that. And I just go through. So my, my system is that every single day I call 15 of those numbers and I write 15 cards. Because month two, they get an actual card from me. Well, it's, um, it's kind of a flyer. But one side of it is a picture of my family saying we buy properties and things of this nature. Please give us a call. The back side of it is a matte finish. And I handwrite a letter to them. And it has my phone number at the bottom of that. And then what I did is I got me a plain greeting card envelope and I put that in there with a business card. So every every other month they're going to get a business, I mean, not a business, but a greeting card for me. Now, how many grandparents do not like greeting cards? Every grandparent loves getting a card in the mail. You sit back and see this light blue card come in the mail. Like, ooh, you're always going to open it every single time. As soon as they open it, they're going to read the message, see the picture of me and my wife and my kids, which is very beautiful because she's gorgeous. Yeah. But use that and it's going to get me in. And I'm going to do that every single month. Now, if you think about every one of these 220 owners own at least 10. Some of them own 200. Some of them own 50. But at least 10. All it requires is one of them to say, hey, I want to sell some of my properties to me. One person. That's all it takes. So that's what happened to me. So as soon as I sent these out, I sent these out on, uh, this is what? <clears throat> this is going to be July. I sent these out June 1st. Or May. I think, my, I think I think it was on May 1st. And I got a phone call with like maybe like two weeks later. A guy says, hey, I had 25 properties and I'm trying to sell them. And we got to working. I mean, so right now I'm buying a package of three of them. And then I'll be I'll be landing there in about two weeks. And I'm going to go tour the rest of his properties with them 
meet his bankers. I mean, the whole setup. But this is just one of the 220. Now, also, I just got a phone call yesterday to another gentleman who has 26 of them. And he's trying to sell his whole portfolio. I mean, so it is so many people out here who are literally in their 70s and realizing, like, you know what? My kids don't want anything to do with these properties. They've been seeing me deal with them for all these years. They don't want anything to do with it. And I need to give them somebody because I got long-term tenants who I want to take care of. And I don't want them just sold off to anybody. So can you please take care of these for me? And that's really what they're asking. So you come in here and you sit back and you present your business and you do things the correct way. Don't be a scumbag because these people are truly entrusting their lifelong work to you. You know what I mean? So if you need to pay market value for them, pay market value for them just as long as you can get favorable terms. And what we mean by these terms is that let's say you got your $10,000, right? And let's say they offer you a package of five homes. And let's say if you're in the Oklahoma City, Texas market, whatever, let's say all these homes are worth $100,000 each. So that's $500,000, right? You're saying, you know what? All I have right now, I can give you five grand up front. I can cover closing costs. But this is the magic behind it. So let's say it's five homes. Let's say he's renting all of them for, let's say, $1,000 a month, right? That means his cash flow is $5,000 a month for these homes, right? What you want to do is you want to get quotes from the insurance. You also want to get quotes for your home warranty. So the insurance for the rate, for the house I'm just looking at buying uh, next week and looking at $97 a month. The, um, the home warranty was $47 a month. So that's pretty much $150. Every every home I have to take away. That, that's the bare minimum that I need taken away from that rent to at least cover me. Because that means that that means the insurance covers anything major happens with the house, and then the home warranty covers anything that would happen with the house if furnace goes down, something like that. Naturally, you want some more money coming in, but right now you're just trying to get these homes. The reason I say this is because you're going to get this deal, and let's say you're telling him I can give you five grand up front. But then if he's making five grand a month from the rent, you say, hey, you know what? I can give you, let's say, $4,000 a month for the first year. And then I'll refinance you out maybe after six months. Go from there. You see what I'm saying? So now you're looking at this. You say, okay, so he's going to take that deal. Because what you want to do is try to keep his cash flow as close to what it is as normal. Right? So keep his cash flow almost normal because you're still getting the rent, but now you're taking all the properties. You're taking care of the maintenance, you're taking care of all that stuff for him. And then in turn, he's making his cash flow, but you get the houses. And that's all you want to do. You want to get the actual properties, and you want to make sure they're good to go because your, your plan is to refinance in six or seven months and pay him off, and now you got these homes to yourself. You'll be paying a note to the bank, but it won't be, be 4000 a month for all those properties together. You know what I mean? So that's what you want to look at doing. You want to sit back and market to these landlords who own their properties free and clear because that gives you an opportunity to negotiate with them. And then the second behind, second part behind that is if, let's say, he wants more than 5000 now, which most of them would. They may want more than that, but now because you've got your credit above the 700 now you can go talk to a hard money lender or search you out a private lender and try to get that down payment taken care of. So let's say... He tells you, you know what, I need 50 grand up front, then we can do the deal. What you want to do then is sit back and say, okay, you find you a private investor who can front 50 for you, and you do a split. You tell the landlord, okay, I can give you 3000 a month. You tell your private investor, I can give you 1000 a month, or whatever the difference is. Take away the insurance and the, um, and the home warranty, and then that allows you to get into the property and still be taken care of. 
So taking care of the people who you're buying it from. It's a win-win for everybody. So your, your private investor, they're getting the 10 15%, well, not 15%, but 10 to 12 that you're trying to offer them. The seller's getting their down payment, getting their homes purchased for the price that he wants. And in the end, you're getting the properties you want and go from there. And if you sit back and you do this, so let's say you get one deal. So the first year, it takes you six to seven months to get your 10000 get your credit together. This first year, you get one deal. So you take this ten grand, you take your network, and you're sitting back and you working your letters, everything else you're going from there. You get one deal. And let's say that deal comes about three properties, right? Let's say at the end of the day, let's say you're profiting maybe $200 per property, right? Even though you should do more than that, but let's say you're getting 200 per property, right? That means that this first year you're going to have $600 in cash flow, right? But now the key part is you will have these properties under your belt. And you'll have some equity built up in there. Maybe if you refinance, you could do a cash out behind there, go from there. But now you've built a relationship with your private lender and also with the seller. Now you sit back in year two, you just keep going the same process. And you're still working. You're still saving your money going from there. Now year two, you're trying to get at least five to ten properties. And now my personal goal for my market is to cash flow $500 per property. That's my personal goal. But some people different. I know Brandon from Bigger Pockets talks about he looks for, I think, $100 per deal. For me, that's too skinny. I mean, if you think about you're only making $1,200 a year per unit, you know what I mean? Now, if you're doing apartments and things of the nature, that's a different animal. But if you're doing houses, I'm really trying to get markets that are between three dollars to $500 a month cash flow. And that's after the note to the bank, after insurance, expenses, capital, all the other kind of stuff you're trying to put away. So if you sit back and do that, now, all you have to do is just divide, okay, if you're getting $300 a month um, from each property, how many properties do you need to have to get to that 6000 Then that's your twenty you're looking at. Let's say if you're doing 5000 whatever your number is, you divide that number by how, many pro- how much cash flow you're getting per property, and that's what you do. So you start off and you sit back and, man, I got to get ten grand together, and you hustle. You sit back, you quit going out to eat, you quit taking these vacations, you quit doing all this other stuff. And you really stack your bread up. You get your credit going at the same time. And then once you get those in point, then you start doing your, your research and your marketing to these landlords. And you're talking to them, but you're continuously mailing them every single month. Do not stop. Every single month. And if you, if you continuously do that, that means that these 220 people are going to get to know who you are. And that's the plan. I want them to know who Priest is. If they may not be ready to sell right now in, in June uh, 2021, well, who's to say in September or in February 2022, like, you know what, I'm ready to sell. Because they've been getting a card from me every single month for the, the past year and phone calls every every other month, they're going to be ready. And when they do get ready to sell, they're going to call me. And I'm going to be ready to buy 20 properties. And if you think about someone of that list has 15 to 20 to 30, 40 properties, and they want to sell 20 of them to you, You've been building up your networks and everything else. That's game changing because that's what you're looking at. Cash flowing 300 per property and you're getting 20 of them. There you go. So that's the main plan that people should focus on. If they want to sit back and retire in three years, you sit back, you spend the first year building your capital, getting your credit together and try to do at least one deal that first year. And because of the list that we're marketing to the deals you do are going to be for more than one property because they're not trying to sell you one house. They got a couple they want to get rid of. Now, one thing to think about, though, is that you need to be smart with analysis of the properties. You need to make sure that these properties are not garbage houses because some of them will try to dump garbage houses on you, and you got to be careful that you're not so eager 
to buy a property. You just buy something that's not really going to work for you. You need to sit back and um, and really be diligent about what you're doing. I always say that my kids, my youngest son who's 13, he um, back in the days, if you're going to buy him some football cleats, whatever it was, even let's say he wore a size eight, and let's say these shoes were like a size six and a half, he would tell you they fit just so that you would buy them for him. Now, realizing I'm going to buy him some shoes anyway, I just want to make sure they really fit for him. But he would just say yes, 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 just so he would get some shoes. But then come game time, I'm looking at him, and he's walking off. I'm like, what's wrong with your feet? Oh, man, the shoes are tight. Well, we just bought them off. We could have bought a size 8. So you don't want to do the same thing with a property. Just because someone is offering you a house to buy, it may not be the deal for you. And you have to realize that you may not have all the capital behind you to pay for a bunch of repairs and things of this nature. So you really need to do due diligence when you come to buying these houses. Really look at them, get inspections for all of them. So I just got off the phone just now. My inspector just called me about the property I'm getting checked out now. And since I'm not there, I want to talk to him himself. After the inspection report, he gives me a report. That's fine, Dandy. But talk to your inspector and get his vibe on the house. How does he feel about it? What does he think? Is it doable? Is it not doable? Tell him the situation. Be honest about it. Because in the end, everybody knows that you just need, you're trying to do business. And you don't have to get out here and say you're a vet in the game. Just try to tell him you're doing business. And people talking to him like, you know what? I'm trying to buy some properties for my family because this is what I really want to do. And in the end, most of these landlords are going to love that because they will love to sit back and teach you the business. And that's, that's something that I've noticed. I think most of them are grandparents that kind of age. They want to teach somebody. And if they don't have anybody around them who's eager to learn, now you reached up and you said, hey, you know what? I'm eager to learn about this business. I want to buy some of your properties, and I want to keep this going on. And that's what he told me. He's looking for a young lion to take over this business. He knows two presidents of two small banks in my hometown, and he wants me to meet both of them so they can finance my deals because he's been doing business with them for 30 years. So you use this, this, this system to garner more, more, net, more people in your network in the area because you're meeting all these landlords, and at the same time, too, like, for example, so the lead I got about the guy selling his whole portfolio came from another, another person I mailed. He wasn't on my list because his property is owned on the LLC. But one woman that I did mail, she's still an active investor. She's still buying property. She said, well, I'm not selling any of mine. But this guy tried to sell me his whole portfolio two months ago, but I was too busy with some other stuff I was doing. So give him a call. She went ahead, pulled the tax records for me, gave the information, everything right over. So I talked to her this morning, and she says, yeah, he's ready to sell. So just give him a call. Most of his properties are all in the, I think he has some of them that are like seventy five to the one hundred fifteen thousand dollar range going from there, but they're all free and clear, and this thing is twenty two of them. So I'm definitely I sent him a letter right before I came up here, and that way he knows, hey, I'm trying to buy some of your properties, and if he's trying to sell them, he'll give me a call back, and then we can get into negotiating and kind of going from there. And in the end, is you want to sit back and just really get yourself in there and do what you have to do. The fun part about this is you don't have to be some real estate guru to do this. It's just very simple steps what I laid out for you. You sit back, get you about ten grand together because that allows you to do, like a perfect example, your inspection cost is going to be about $350. So mine was this morning. I paid $350 for that um, for multiple properties. So the first one was $350. They gave me a 15% discount for the other two properties behind that, right? So I pretty much spent a grand on three inspections for three different houses, right? But now... I know exactly what's going on with those properties. I got pictures. I got videos. So, yeah, the seller's great. He's a great man. He knows my whole family. But 
the the messaging that me and him conversed about, when I get to really see the properties, I really get the real details about it. Like he's not going to tell you, hey, you know what? On that back porch, the under part of the roof is coming down, or you got some bad paint going on. They're not going to tell you all those details. They can just say they just need some work. So those inspections are vital to make sure you're not buying a house with a bad foundation or horrible electrical work. You need that to really go on from there. So you sit back, you want to have that ten grand to cover that, cover your closing costs. So for these particular properties, these three, um, the title company told me the closing costs are going to be about $3,000. And you can always call the title company in your area and talk to them about that. And you want to ask them, and just so people know, a title company is the company who they handle the transaction of buying a home. So every time you buy a home, it's going to have a deed on there. And deeds can have liens and all kind of mortgages and things attached to them. You can have... Um, I mean, there's so much going on with, with these houses. So what you can do is you can use a title company, and they research the deal. They go in here. They make sure that this guy who says he owns the house really owns the house, that he doesn't have any kind of crazy liens. He doesn't have a crazy ex-wife who you can get in half of everything. They make sure the whole deal can go through correctly. You know what I'm saying? But what you want to do is you call a title company and say, hey, I'm looking to do one to sell a finance deal or create a finance deal. How much are closing costs going to be? And they say, oh, you got an address? And you just give them an address from, from one of the seller's portfolio, and they can tell you a roundabout price of what it's going to cost to close that particular deal. And that's where that 10K comes in at. That 10K is going to allow you to pay for your inspections, allow you to pay for your closing costs. And then the last part is either you can use the other part of that to give you give to the, the seller as a down payment or use that to cover your hard money lender fees. Because a hard money lender is going to charge you, let's say, maybe 1% to 2% to get the money. They charge you a transaction fee, things of that nature as well. So if you got ten grand, it's pretty much going to ensure you're going to be able to get a deal. Now, most of the time, hard money lenders are going to want this deal to be 70% of the ARV value. What that means is, let's say you're buying the house for, okay, let's say, let's say the house is fully fixed up. Let's say it's worth $100,000. You want to be able to get this home for sixty-five to seventy thousand dollars, that's what's going to make the hard money lenders and usually most private lenders comfortable, because in the event that they have to take this home from you, to to recoup the, the, the investment they gave you, they can still sell it and make their money back, because the thirty percent is going to cover any kind of um, any kind of fees, any kind of fluctuations, anything they have to do, the uh, foreclosure process, everything they have to do to take the house back from you. They want to have that cushion in there, and that way they can only get their investment back. So when you're looking at deals, that's why a property stream is important because you look at property and it's going to tell you the value of the home. It's also going to tell you what the comps in the area are, what the home could sell for comparable to a home that's just like it. So you want to use those numbers to make sure that, okay, am I buying this house at a great value? You know what I mean? Going from there. Now, the way you can buy houses at full price value is the full seller finance. And let's say you tell him, you know what, we're going to buy this home on a 10-year note. You know what I mean? And do it from that way. They say he's going to carry the payments for you for 10 years. Now he is your bank. So you're not worried about any kind of financing or things of that nature because the seller becomes your bank. And that's when you really work out some nice deals going from there. And when you have seller financing, you can do unlimited number of deals. The only thing you need is the cash to get the down payments. And this is going to be where the, the second level of the strategy comes into play at. So the reason you've been building up your credit and getting everything together is because now you want to set up 
an LLC set up a legit business that's for real estate investing. And now that your credit is above 700, now that you've done one deal, now you can go out here and get you some business financing. And if you've been taking care of your business, now this business financing is going to be between two and $300,000. And that's where the money comes in. So now if you have a line of credit or any kind of business financing where you're getting 200 grand, but you're talking to these sellers and they only want 10,000, 15,000 down to buy four or five properties at a time, you can do the math on that. So you use your business funding to pay for the down payment, pay for light repairs, and now you just bought five houses technically for like $15,000 because it's on seller finance. And then you pay the note with the seller for five to ten years where you're paying the principal down, and then you can refinance that thing for the 80% cash out value, whatever it is, and now you're just paying your note to the bank like everybody else is and going from there. So that's a really key thing you want to sit back and do and that's how you will get to where you can retire in these three years. And it seems like a lot, but it's really not if you stay systematic with it and going from there. So that's something to think about and really wanna, when you want to understand where you want to get in your life and where you want to focus on is that, man, if you're tired of going to work every day, and I was in the same situation. I was sitting back and I was doing um, engineering. I loved it. Engineering was fun. I moved to finance to understand the business side. And that's kind of when the joy came out of going to work every day. Engineering was, was a blast because you're literally – I'm designing plants and things, and I'm going out in the field, building them from scratch and watching them be built, hanging out my contracts, really seeing things happen. When you get into finance, you're in the office every day, doing spreadsheet things of this nature. And it just got to the point to where it just got really tiresome for me, and I really wanted to be around my family some more and kind of live the life I wanted to live. So then I started working on my plan. Now, my particular plan to leave corporate was based on day trading because that's something else I do as well. Um, I should have been buying more properties at the time, but I was really focused on day trading and made great money doing that. Now I've shifted to really buying the real estate stuff because one thing I've looked at is that I can't pass down trading to my children. You know, I mean, I'm trying to teach them all how to trade now, but it's not something that they can take from me and immediately be wealthy and run from it. Whereas real estate, they can. I can pass down, you know, have a family trust set up and I can have all my properties in my trust and something happens to me, any properties I own will pass to my family. And that's real wealth. So on the first of the month after I pass, those checks still going to come in. And then they'll go to my family. And whereas with trading, if I pass away, that's that's a wrap. There's nobody else to click that button on that trade. Hopefully, if I have the algorithm running, somebody turns it off. You know what I mean? But in the end, real estate is something where you can really build that generation of wealth people are talking about. So that's what you want to look at doing is sit back and start this thing where you're going to work every day. And you figure out, okay, I need ten grand to cover uh, some kind of a down payment, closing costs, and fees on a, on a deal. You sit back, you work this ten k up. By the same time, you're working this credit behind you because the credit is going to help your long term play. And you're doing it that way. Then you sit back, get that together. Now you sit back and you get your prop stream so you can research any kind of property. You use the prop stream to get your list out for all of the landlords out there. Once you get all those addresses. And then you go old school with it. And I tell people all the time, be like, man, I don't have time to do that. Listen, if you're trying to succeed in life, you can. Now, all it takes is literally it takes me about about an hour to do my 15 cards every day. Literally. So I think about it. I say, you know what? If I could spend an hour a day working out and an hour a day writing these cards, I'm going to be all right. And that's what I do. So every day before noon, I make sure I work out for an hour and I write my 15 cards. And that, if I've done that, then that day is a win because that process of doing both of those things is going to keep me going forward in life. I'm going to be healthy. 
And the same time, too, I am continuously getting my business taken care of. Now, I don't mail out those 15 cards that day. I write 15 a day, and at the end of the month, I got a full box of them I take to the post office, buy all the stamps I need, and mail them all off. That way, every single month, those landlords are hearing from priests. Yes, my company name is on there, but I want them to know who I am because in the end, when that time comes for them to sell, they're going to call me. And you only need one seller. I mean, you don't have to be Grant Cardone to own 200 properties. You just really want to own 10 to 15 to be free. And if these guys all own 20, 25 plus, you just need one of them to say, you know what, I think this person is worth this all. At least I want to call them and check them out. And then they get you a deal, you go from there. And when you do get a deal, when I say you follow through, you follow through. You do everything you're supposed to do. You take care of that seller. I mean, you take care of them. You know, I mean, if you need to work a second job to make sure they get the money they get, you do that because that is your lifeline. Because even if one of them decides he wants to sell you his whole portfolio, that's game changer for you. And then let's say who he's going to talk to his buddy, right? Or like, for example, he's going to take me to meet his banker. So now I'm going to have connections with two bankers in this particular market. So when I get ready to refinance, who do you think I'm going to go with? I'm going to go with those bankers. And that's what you want to do. So you sit back and continuously do the work you do every day and be consistent. Next thing you know, you're going to get a phone call. And then you get another phone call. And then you check your mailbox and you're getting a letter. Now, I'm doing all of this remote because I live in Denver. So the Denver prices are higher than I want to pay. So Denver, I pretty much do probate deals and wholesale deals. Whereas in North Texas, I'm buying properties to buy and hold because they're $50,000 or seventy-five. Well, I mean, that, that particular price range is very conducive to me making money because for that amount of money, I can rent for almost 2%. I mean, like a three-bedroom house there is like, I just checked yesterday, it was renting for like nine fifty. Section 8 was 1100 Now, if you're buying it for fifty grand, there you go. You got your one and a half, two 2%, right? There versus in Denver... You're buying a house that's four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars. You can't charge five thousand a month for rent. You can't do it. So you're not even getting that one percent. So Denver is a flipping market. So for me, what I did is I got me <clears throat> an anytime mailbox there in town, and I use that address on all the mail I send out. So just example yesterday. So the mail comes back into it, and just this morning I just got a notification just now. Um, the seller sent me the leases for the properties I'm about to buy, and they went to that mailbox. So uh, you can click on it and tell them to open and scan. So they open that mail, they'll scan it all online for you. You can download that, then they'll shred it for you. So I use Anytime Mailbox. That way I have a presence there in the city. Um, you can use any of the phone services and buy a phone number for the area. Now you can use, you first starting off, you want to start off and use Google Voice. That's free. You pick a Google Voice number for that area. That way your phone number shows the same zip code as the people you're talking to and all the, the same phone number stays on all the marketing materials going from there. Now mine, it doesn't have a caller ID on it. So mine just pops up as Linwood holdings. And every time that pops up, I answer the phone the same way to think of calling Linwood holdings, pre speaking, how may I help you? Cause I don't know who's calling, but I do know to somebody about my business. Cause that's the only time that number is used. So that's a free phone number you can use on there. And then all of your mailing materials, you can first start off, and just type out a letter, print that thing off, and send it from there. Now, I have some marketing budget because I do business here in town, so I bought brochures and all kind of stuff going from there. But when you're first starting off, you can sit back and type you up a letter on, a, on, on your computer going from there and print it off. And then you handwrite your signature 
and handwrite their first name. And then you can sit back and go get you some plain envelopes and handwrite the addresses on there and just mail them off. Get you a business card. You can do the Vistaprint, get you some business cards using that address and phone number from Google Voice and an anytime mailbox in that location. And that can be simple and go from there. And you start off doing that. And in the end, you just every single month you send those out. And I say you can alternate one month. You can do a letter. The next month you can do a greeting card. Now, if you need to sit back and go buy you a hundred pack of basic plain greeting cards off of Amazon or at the Dollar Tree, make it happen. But in the end, that's the way I like to do. And that way, because I want to make sure that every single month they are hearing from me. And you build that relationship. Because in the end, I want them to know who I am because all it takes is one of them to say yes. And you want to be that, that that name and reference that way when they get ready to sell a property. Or let's say something else that can happen as well is let's say that the owner passes away. And let's say now his family's dealing with all of this stuff. Oh, my God, we got all these properties we got to deal with. What do we do with them? Who are they going to call? If you sit back and get they get these letters every single month, they're going to get your letter that next month. And you just reaching out to him, and all of a sudden the mom was like, yeah, he's been getting these cards from this guy, Priest, for, for months and months now. Well, let's give him a call, Mom, because, I mean, Daddy got 25 houses. What are we going to do with it? And then they call you on the phone, and you walk them through the whole process. Well, you know, we have to go. Have you gone through probate? Is a house in a trust? All this kind of stuff going from there. Well, if they're calling you, it's game time. They're not going to call you unless they're interested. So you think about your probability. You just want you just want them to know who you are. So this is the process you want to do, guys. I mean, that way you sit back and follow this. I guarantee you within three years, you will be leaving this corporate job and you'll be doing what I'm doing every day. And that's sitting back. I wake up every day. I hang out with my family. My daughter wants pancakes every single morning for breakfast. So she gets pancakes, sunny delight, and then we, we, we work out, write off 15 cards, and we relax the rest of the day. And that's the life that I wanted because I realized my daughter was getting older and I was at, I was at corporate. I'm doing this stuff every day, and I'm making 100 grand a year feeling good about life. But in the end, I'm not home with my family because by the time I got home, it's 530. And little kids go to bed around 8, 830. So that means you got three hours to spend with your child. And that means, you know what I mean, that's not enough time. It's just not enough time, and she's growing up fast before your eyes. So I decided to make this change and really go from there. And you guys can do the same thing because in the end people aren't teaching other people how to do this. So it's not really that hard. You don't need a real estate license. All you need is about 10 grand, some decent credit and some and some consistency to keep writing. Keep writing these cards every single day and that's what's going to work out for you. And then in the meantime, if you want to get creative, let's say Saturdays, you can start driving around looking for properties to wholesale. What that means is you found a house is all beat up, grass is all high, everything else. You knock on the door if you want to, or you can use PropStream, find out who that is. You contact them and say, hey, I want to buy your house. And now you can sit back and buy their house and get it under contract for a cheap price. Then you get online, find all the We Buy Houses people there in town and say, hey, you know what? I got a house on 123 Main Street for $50,000. Well, I'll sell it to you for sixty grand, And they say, okay. So now you just made ten grand on this type of a deal. And that's something else you can do as well. It just takes more time to be able to drive around and find those deals. And if you out here, you know, I'm trying to teach you guys from an aspect of sometimes people out here struggling. They go into work, they work in five, six days a week. They don't have the time to really sit back, get in their car and drive around, drive for dollars, things of that nature. But everybody has at least one hour where they're at home, where the baby's asleep. You can do this at one in the morning. 
you can sit back and write those cards at one in the morning because nobody can block your internet like that. Whereas when it comes driving for dollars, sometimes you can't drive around at night looking at the house. You can't do that. I mean, you just may not have the time for it. And your Saturdays, if you're really grinding, you're at work. You know what I mean? So it just depends on people's situation. So I try to give you a solution that everybody can do regardless of what's going on with you. As long as you have the internet and you have your faculties with you, you can do this. Because you can figure out some way to make $250 a week, whether that is doing Uber. I mean, I mean, you got kids going to going buying baseball cards from from um, garage sales and flipping them on eBay. They're doing all kinds of stuff, consignment sales, whatever they can do to make this money every time. They learn how to do it. So day trading, I mean, whatever it is, that's what they're doing, going from there. I mean, at the same time, too, I mean, you want to kind of be careful taking out the personal loans to do this. You can do that, but usually those personal loans that they have, their, their price is going to be pretty high on there. Yeah, I mean, so you just want to be careful for those. But in the end, guys, this is your system is getting you ten grand together, getting your credit lined up, using PropStream to find your 200, 250 owners, and then you sit back and simply contact them every single month via the mail. That way they know who you are, and you want this mail to be stacking up at the house, and every month they open something from you, and they're seeing who it is. Make sure you handwrite these every single time because handwritten um, letters always get open. When it's printed, people are like, ah, oh, they don't really worry about that. But when it's handwritten, people usually open it to see what it's about. And you want to do this. That way you build this rapport through the mail with these sellers because your whole goal is for one of them to give you a call. All you need is one. And based on that. So that's the main thing I want you guys to focus on doing that. And if you do this, I promise you within three years, you'll have enough cash flow where you can retire and do what you want to do. Now, at that point, you can keep on going because you'll have the ability to keep buying more and more properties. Or you can sit back and move to Ghana and have a good time, do what you want to do. You know what I mean? So it's whatever you feel like doing. But in the end, I kind of want to give you guys an example of how you can break free. And it's really not that hard. It just takes consistency and something you want to do for yourself. But and this was the Five Fossil Podcast. My name is Priest Gordon. My whole purpose is to sit back and teach people ways they can free themselves and also make a better life for their family. I want you to do three things for me. If you like this podcast, I want you to like, follow, and share it with your friends. Thank you so much. Go Hustle.